0: Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, my name is Cody Westbrook and I'm the preacher for the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. And this is the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ. We thank you for listening to this episode And we look forward to the time that we have now to open up our Bibles and study a portion of them together. It has been said that there is none so blind as he who will not see. I often think about how polarized our world is, particularly as it has to do with politics. And now, of course, we have the primaries that are going on and the different debates and such that we see on television... And sometimes as I read these news stories or as I listen to audio clips from these debates or feedback from those who listen to them, I often wonder how many people there are who are actually objective enough to listen to what's being said, to weigh it according to the facts, and then to make a proper determination, versus how many people have already made up their minds they already know what they're going to do and how they're going to think and who they're going to agree with, and the facts really don't matter because they're not willing to do any true investigation. When I think about that, it also leads me to think about us as individuals concerning our spirituality and our, stand, our standing before God, and how sometimes we tend to be blind as it pertains to our own spiritual lives and our own standing before God. Sometimes we don't want to look at ourselves for who we really are. And so we are blind to our true self, our true spiritual self. And all of that basically is intentional. I want to direct our attention this morning to John chapter 9, and we won't read this entire chapter, but I do want to read some portions of it and sort of overview what's going on here. In this chapter, we read about Jesus who heals a man who was blind from birth. And after uh, this man's healing, he is approached by some of the Jews. And I want to pick up in verse oh, number 10. And you'll notice in John chapter 9, verse 10, they asked him, How were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. And they said to him, Where is he? And he said, I do not know. So they bring him to the Pharisees in verse number 13, and then verse 14 is really the key for this whole section. Notice what verse 14 says. Now, it was a Sabbath when Jesus, when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes." Now there are a number of different occasions in which Jesus will have a showdown as it were with the Pharisees because of the Sabbath. And typically it had to do with healings on the Sabbath and of course we know that the law of Moses stipulated that the Sabbath day was a day of rest and there was to be no work or labor done on that day. But we also know that the Jews over time had developed their own traditions and their own rules about what constituted labor and work and what was acceptable and what was not acceptable to be done on the Sabbath day. And so here we have another occasion of Jesus coming into contact with the Pharisees based not on what the law of God was, but what the uh, uh, tradition and the laws of the Jews and the Pharisees were. Notice that they asked him in verse 15, Um, how he received his sight, and he said, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Now, you'll notice what the issue is. This man has been healed, and so the Pharisees are saying that Jesus has sinned, because he has violated the Sabbath law, because he healed someone on the Sabbath. And then there are others who say, but wait a minute, how can a person who has the ability to do this also be guilty of sinning and violating the law of God and not be of God? So in the verses that follow, there is this exchange that happens between the Pharisees and between the man who was healed. And essentially, they ask him, well, what do you think about it? And he basically says, well, I I was healed. And so they seek to call his parents. And his parents come and they say, verse number 20, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but by what means now he sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him, he will speak for himself. Which is essentially his parents saying, we don't want anything to do with this, because they could see the handwriting on the the wall. They knew what was going to happen. Eventually, throughout this discourse, The blind man begins to catch on to what's going on. And notice what he says in verse number 30. He says, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do. Uh, This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if any man is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone Open the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us and they cast him out." Essentially what happens is that the man who was healed begins to see that what's really happening is they're trying to find a way to get to Jesus, that they are trying to find some reason, some means by which they can get their hands on him and rid themselves of his presence And so he realizes that he is being used as a tool in this great plot or this great scheme, and he calls their hand on it, and so they push him aside and they're done with him. But now I want to pick up reading in verse 35 and read through the end of the chapter, and then we'll talk even about portions of chapter 10. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him. It is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Now it's obvious that... The blind man, he didn't know who it was that healed him. He knew his name was Jesus, but he didn't know what he looked like, at least until afterward. Now, picking, him up, picking up in verse 35, Jesus presents himself to this man who has been healed, and he begins to talk about verse number 39, "'Here's the reason why I have come, "'so that those who do not see may see, "'and that those who see may be made blind.'" Now you'll notice that the Pharisees, or at least some of them in verse 40, they're listening and they pick up the connection. They pick up on the fact that when Jesus talks about those who see being made blind, that he's talking about them. And so they ask him about it. And Jesus says, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Now Jesus in verse number 39 and verse number 41, when he talks about those who see being blind, he is talking about spiritually. He is talking about the fact that these Pharisees, they are so blind to their own faults, they are so blind to their own uh, heart problems and their own preconceptions that they refuse to see the truth standing right before their eyes. After all, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14 and verse 6, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Truth in bodily form, literally was standing right before them, and they refused to see it. And why is that? Because they were blind, because they were hard-hearted, and because they absolutely refused to see the truth and to see what's right. Now, they stand in contrast with this blind man. He has physical blindness, and his desire is simply to be able to see physically he, 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 wants to, uh, he, he wants to be able to see, and he knows that sight has been restored to him, and so he doesn't have any of these uh, problems or preconceptions or whatever it may be. Jesus said, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he said, Tell me who it is so that I may. He wants to believe. He wants to obey. He wants to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. He wants to be able to examine himself and see himself for who he really, who, for who he really is. Now, interestingly enough, in the next chapter, Jesus will begin this discourse about being the good shepherd. He will say in John 10, verse 1, "'Most assuredly, I say to you, "'He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, "'but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, "'but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. "'To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, "'and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. "'And when he brings uh, brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, "'and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice.'" Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they do not understand the things which he spoke to them. You see, what Jesus is doing now based upon this, uh, this question of the Pharisees in verse 40 and his statement in verse number 41, is he begins to paint a picture of contrast between himself and between the Pharisees. Jesus is the door of the sheep. Jesus is the shepherd, the good shepherd. Whereas the Pharisees, they are the ones who are the thief. They are the ones who refuse to lead. They are the ones who run when trouble comes and the ones who try to sneak in and try to steal the sheep away from the shepherd. And the reason is because of their own spiritual blindness and wickedness. There are none so blind as those who will not see. And these are Pharisees who refuse to see. Not that they can't, but that they won't. Now what does the Bible have to say about that as it pertains to you and me? Well, listen to this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 where Paul talks about the importance of self-examination. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, as he begins concluding this uh, epistle, here's what he says. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless, indeed, you are disqualified? Notice the exhortation. Examine yourselves. What does it mean to examine yourselves? Well, it means to conduct uh, an objective introspection. It's sort of the idea of someone like a crime scene investigator or a detective who takes clues and who looks at them carefully, seeking to uncover uh, their meaning. And so as an individual, uh, as a child of God, as a human being, what my job is is to, to take the Word of God and to look carefully in it and then to look carefully within myself and to allow the Word of God to examine me for who I really am, so that I might be honest with myself, so that I might make the changes that I need to make. Listen to some other passages. In this same book, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks a little bit about what really we've seen with the Pharisees in John chapter 9. He says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Notice Paul talks about the fact that there are going to be some who hear the gospel that he preaches, and yet they're still going to be lost. Well, whose fault is that? Paul says, it's not our fault. It's not my fault. He says, because there is nothing that I have done to undermine the message. He says, listen, I have not, uh, I have not done anything deceitfully. I have not tried to trick people. I have not been a hypocrite. I have not been underhanded or dishonest in my dealings. There is nothing that I have done. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty and shame and so on. So it's not because of the speaker. It's because of the hearer. And what the hearer has done, according to uh, chapter 4, verse verse 4, is he has allowed the God of this world to blind his mind, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. There is a lot to be said about the importance of protecting the state of our heart. That's the mind, of course, as the Bible describes it. And in a situation like 2 Corinthians 4, we're talking about people who are just like the Pharisees in John chapter 9, who have not protected their hearts and who have allowed their hearts to become hardened, to become calloused to the point where they absolutely refuse to take an objective look at themselves and change so that, they can better, uh, so that they can be the people that God would have them to be. We have other examples of this, like in Romans chapter 1, where we read about the Gentiles who had rejected the knowledge of God, who had literally turned away from Him knowingly. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Paul talks again in, in, a, in a similar way as to Romans chapter 1 about those whose minds are futile and empty and vain and uh, whose minds are completely given over to ungodliness and worldliness of all different kinds. They've rejected God and His will for their lives. But then we have passages like also in Ephesians 4, just that next context where Paul talks about how those who are honest have heard the gospel, and with a good heart they examine themselves and apply the gospel of Christ to their lives so that they can be transformed into the people that God would have them to be. Now, you and I have to make a decision. We have to determine which one of these two concepts or these two ideals we're going to fall into. Are we going to be like the Pharisees who are so blind that we refuse to see? We literally will not examine ourselves objectively. We literally will not allow our thinking to be challenged by God and His Word. Or are we going to be like the blind man And will we examine ourselves on a daily basis? Will we think daily about how we're doing as a husband or as a wife and in what areas can we improve? How we're doing as a mother or a father. How we're doing as a friend, a brother, a child, a sister. Uh, How we're doing as a Christian, as a co-worker. In every area of our life we have to be willing to examine ourselves with our Bibles opened in our hands. So that we can make the changes that need to be made. The Bible tells us that God's Word has the power to transform us, and God's word has the power to reveal us for who he re- we really are. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and Romans chapter 1, 16, and Romans chapter 12, verse one and two. But really, the decision is up to us. Either we're going to listen and allow God's Word to change us or we're going to just be so blind to our own faults and problems that we'll never see them and we'll never allow the God through His Word to fix them. There are none so blind as those who will not see. May that never be said of us. We've reached the end of our episode and we thank you for uh, joining us and we hope that you will come back and listen to another episode as Lord willing We open up God's Word and study more of the wonderful Word of Life together. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.